Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Deflation pressures have eased in China after official data over the weekend showed consumer prices returning to positive territory in August, while factory gate price declines slowed. But analysts have called for more government stimulus as Beijing also attempts to tackle weakening trade activity and the nation's stuttering property sector. So, what can investors infer from these numbers, and what is the next course of action for the world's second largest economy? Well, to tell us more, joining us on the line to discuss this further is Tao Zhang, who's the China Markets Editor at Bloomberg. Tao, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Hongbin. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay, so Tao, you know, it looks like the consumer price index rose 0.1 percent last month from a year earlier, while core inflation, which includes or excludes rather food and energy costs, climbed 0.8 percent. Were these numbers in line with your expectations? What can we make of it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say yes. Um, there is no big surprise this time. The overall, the latest data is in line with the market's expectation, mm-hmm. and based on our earlier survey, August CPI was expected to rise mm-hmm. by zero point one percent, and that's exactly what the data shows. Mm-hmm. So this slight gain was mainly driven by higher transportation mm-hmm. and the lodging costs during the summer travel season. Mm-hmm. And then regarding to, I mean, the core inflation, it is still sluggish as it was flat if you compare it with the uh, July data. Mm-hmm. So I think the overall China's economy is still weak. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, this is not surprising at all. So what does this mean? I mean, does this add to more deflation pressures or does this ease those deflation pressures? Actually, I do believe that it does is somewhat deflation pressure, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good thing. And it, it may indicate that the worst may be over okay. for the world's second largest economy. Mm-hmm. But I also want to emphasize that no matter how you slice it, inflation mm-hmm. is almost non-existent mm-hmm. right now in China. So the demand is still too weak to allow retail businesses to raise prices. And for Asia, I mean, so I think this is, will be the, the biggest I mean, mm-hmm. uh, interpretation I have. Okay. Okay. I mean, since we saw this data out over the weekend, right, and markets were closed, obviously, how have mm-hmm. Chinese markets opened today in reaction to that CPI data? Yeah. I mean, so far, I don't think the market has a big reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, this data is not that surprising. Okay. So the market probably has already priced mm. in. But with that being said, China's 10-year bond rate has slightly increased this morning, mm-hmm. which may indicate that the market is somewhat positive towards okay. the economy. And if you look at the Shanghai Composite Index, it went up I mean, as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you look at the Hong Kong market, it is totally different. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong index decreased by actually one, uh, around 1% per my last check. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was driven by I mean, the CPI data. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, it is rather because of the overall lack of confidence in China's economy mm-hmm. and also because the market is somewhat worried that the Federal Reserve may further tighten monetary policy mm-hmm. by end of this year. Okay, I see. I see. As you mentioned that you believe that deflation pressures may have finally eased. What does this mean then for Asia's regional markets? I mean, can we see some rebound for regional markets, which were recently negatively impacted by the consistent slowdown in China's economy? 
Yeah, I would say, unfortunately, I mean, it's too early to mm -hmm. kind of call for that rebound mm -hmm. because, as you know, I mean, we have all seen this China's falling domestic prices mm. and also RMB has um, I mean, uh, depreciated uh, over the past few weeks. So you have this low, um, uh, falling prices plus weak RMB. I don't think it's a good news I mean, uh, in terms of the imports and from a China perspective from, from these ASEAN countries mm -hmm. as well as, of course, other countries. I see, I see. And meanwhile, I also want to talk about producer prices as well. That fell 3%, easing from a decrease of 4.4% in July. Does this indicate continuing weakness in the industrial sector? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. PPI, I mean, did improve, as you mentioned. But yeah. the reason why it narrows year over year is mainly because of the statistical base effect. Mm -hmm. So the declines in the PPI will probably continue to narrow in the next couple of months. But this, again, will mainly reflect a lower year earlier base of comparison, of mm -hmm. course. Um, I mean, the domestic demand definitely helps the data to some extent. Mm. And the base effect of major commodities price also benefits PPI. Mm. Um, but overall, I think the industrial sector still has a long way to go. Okay, I see, I see. And the growth in services activity, I mean, which was, of course, a key driver of the post-COVID rebound earlier this year, eased last month as well. Does that indicate that more policy support may be needed to bolster household spending? So I believe you are referring to uh, Taishin Services mm -hmm. PMI, which has the lowest rating since December. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was actually in line with the official services PMI released earlier, which mm -hmm. showed the sector continued to trend downward. Okay. And I believe it was because of a couple of factors. Mm -hmm. Summer consumptions has come to an end. Household income expectation did not improve enough. And also we need to consider the basic effect. So yes, to increase household income and household spending will and is, I think, uh, one of the key policy focuses. I see, I see. And based on the data that we've seen so far, will this change the People's Bank of China's approach or you know, strategy towards monetary and fiscal stimulus? I mean, what new measures might it now take? Um, to be honest, I don't think this data will change PBOC's strategy or policy direction. Mm -hmm. In their recent statements, PBOC has reiterated that it would implement prudent monetary mm. policy that's targeted and forceful. So with low CPI data, there is indeed a possibility that a PBOC would further decrease the interest right. rate in the fourth quarter because you would need monetary policy support to help the price level to recover. Mm -hmm. And we may also see potential reserve requirement ratio cut in September mm -hmm. to release the long-term liquidity to further support the, the economy. And I also want to point out that based on uh, my conversations with investors and mm. market participants, lack of confidence mm. is one of the biggest concerns for China's right. economy recovery. And as you can see, PBOC has been working with other regulators mm -hmm. to provide financial support to companies and businesses including increasing the scale mm -hmm. of, uh, let's say, bond financing tools. So when we see some further support policies from PBOC, but it is unlikely mm -hmm. to see excessive stimulus policy mm -hmm. to flood the economy as okay. they did before. And when it comes to China's, you know, slowdown or slower than expected recovery in its economy, one big thing or one big area is the property market. And let's just touch on that for now. I mean, a former advisor to the PBOC, he recently said that the country's real estate sector is going in 
two directions and that a recovery will not likely happen soon. What are these two directions that he's talking about? Yeah, so I believe you are referring to Professor Li Mm -hmm. Dao Kui's comments on the recovery of China's property market in Mm. uh, the first-tier cities and also the third or fourth-tier cities. Mm. So, as you know, China recently has eased its policy towards Mm -hmm. property market, including mortgage relaxation. However, the impact on different cities Mm-hmm. will actually be different. Okay. Properties in the first-tier cities, such as Beijing and Shanghai, will and I believe are benefiting from this because, mm-hmm. the, because of the, the, the space for these cities to reduce their installment payment ratio is mm-hmm. big. But um, after the, the mortgage relaxation, based on the data we have seen, mm-hmm. the existing home sales in these two cities right. doubled over the weekend in early September from the previous one. So the impact is definitely there. Mm-hmm. But then for, let's say, the third or the fourth tier cities, however, I mean, they may not see, uh, see such increase mm. because of the limited space to further reduce the install payment ratio. I see. So that's the tricky part because, mm. I mean, as you know, some large corporate companies uh, mm-hmm. companies such as uh, Country Garden, mm-hmm. they are facing high pressure uh, on their liquidity because right. of the debt coming due. Mm-hmm. So they need to have higher sales to boost up their income and cash flow. But this company's market base is mm-hmm. in these lower tier cities. So the direct impact on these companies as well as these cities is likely to be small. I see, I see. I believe you've talked to a lot of market watchers and participants on the property sector as well. When do they see a recovery in the industry? So, so far, I think the market participants are still waiting to see if the government will launch any so-called I mean, big stimulus mm-hmm. to help the industry. But as I mentioned earlier, the government has already released policies mm-hmm. to relax the, the mortgage and yeah. also support the industry. So I don't think the concern will go away in, in any short of time. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the markets are indeed waiting for some more policies coming. I see, I see. And since we're on the topic of China, I just want to ask you about this, which is a major news that grabbed headlines worldwide last week was Apple lost around 200 billion US dollars in market cap over a period of several days recently as tensions between US and China rise with several media outlets reporting of an iPhone ban for Chinese state employees that is being dictated by Beijing. I mean, if these reports are to be believed, what is Beijing's objective here? I think that's a great question. Our (laughs) understanding is that there has been years-long effort Mm. by the Chinese government to root out foreign technology in sensitive environments. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Beijing is also trying to reduce its Mm -hmm. reliance on American software. Mm -hmm. So I would interpret this as part of the larger move, Mm -hmm. which could have broader impact on foreign technology companies. But it will take time, to be honest, to find out how large the scale will be. Do you think the timing of this ban was not coincidental, especially with Huawei coming out with their own phone and Apple just days away from their iPhone 15 launch? No, just my view is that I don't think the government is trying to I mean, choose the timing to release this type of policy. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the past few months, yeah. uh, the Chinese government has 
issued quite a lot of mm-hmm. uh, policies regarding to data security, regarding to national security. Mm-hmm. So as I said, I mean, there's kind of a broader action going on. So mm-hmm. I think this is just part of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, whether it's bad news for Apple, <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know, but the timing is indeed tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the government definitely has a larger agenda regarding to this. I mean, if we see U.S. stocks, they've largely been impacted by this whole, you know, mega cap tech industries, and they've been pushed higher through these companies with Apple included. I mean, with this latest news on Apple, does this have the potential to shake up global markets? Yes, I think it definitely has the potential mm. uh, to shake the market because, as you know, I mean, Apple price has dropped already by mm. more than six percent last week after right. this news, and which further dragged down the U.S. technology sector performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, gets down the Apple supplier stock price, including Skywalk Solutions and Qualcomm and etc. So. I think yes. Regarding to the stock price, it definitely we will feel more impact potentially in in the near future. And more importantly, this move could, as I said, would be part of the larger action. So I think for the foreign companies doing business in China or having suppliers in China, this mm-hmm. will be a big concern because they are basically caught in the crossfire between right. China and the U.S. I see, I see. And before we let you go here, Tao, is there anything else investors should be looking out for in relation to Chinese market movements in the next few days or weeks? Yeah, I would say it is definitely worth it to watch the R&B, uh, mm. how it will perform. I mean, recently got to the new low since 2008, I believe. Mm. And we also are monitoring if the country garden could extend its bond due date as it will have larger implications for the China's property market. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, uh, China will have one-year medium-term lending facility rate. Mm-hmm. And as PBOC may decrease the rate by 10 base points, so mm. I think it's definitely worth to watch. Okay, well, thank you so much, Tao, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking to Tao Zhang, who's the China Markets Editor at Bloomberg. I'm Hong Bin Zhang, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.